Welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. And I'm Eric Solis. Hi, Diva. Can hey, I Diva, call you what's Diva? Up? Yes. No. Well, you tweeted something that's like, you're from the office of where? <laughs> I'm calling on behalf of Representative Fierce. We're trying to uh, pull all the little hunties in our area to spill the tea on the most gag-worthy issues facing our community. Do you have time to answer a few questions, Boots? Delete text. <laughs> Every <laughs> single time. Well, the reason I uh, did that is because I was talking to someone about my uh, local congressman, and I was like, I was like, I love that little twink. I hope, I hope he reaches oh, out. Oh, what is his, what's his name? Say, Shout the out Democratic Josh representative? Harder. Josh Harder. Yeah. We love Josh Harder on this podcast. Yeah, he's, he's fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Are you Bijou? Are do you live in Josh Harder's uh, district where you are? You do. I don't know. I've never. Heard of Josh she doesn't Harder. know where representative. <laughs> I've never heard of her. Well, you I'm at least went to vote.gov, right, vote. right? Did you at least go to vote.gov? Absolutely. Make your voice heard. Um. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, she's already snuck on in. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Uh, I am so so excited to uh, have this guest on. Truly. Best new oomph award of 2023 goes to Stop this person. It. Uh, she is so, so funny, so talented. Uh, she is a local drag artist, uh, an artist, period. Go ahead and commission her for any works if her commissions are open. I don't know if they are. Um, and just an all-around cool gal, we have Bijou Bentley on today. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I wish I could say long-time listener, first-time caller, but I'm somewhat of a new listener. No, but um, you know what? But I've and done my homework, and I've attempted to catch up. You've also I'm glad sub- to be here. You've also subscribed to that Patreon, which not a lot of new listeners can say. Um, so, shouts out to you for uh, for doing that. Um, my pleasure. No, no pressure for anyone listening at home to listen, but we... But subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, look where it can get you. You can you can be sitting here on Gay for Play Pod right. live or, on air. Or, or at least join the Discord where you can get most of the stuff we put on Patreon for free at this point. Yeah. Join <laughs> the Discord. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, yeah, jo- join the Discord. Message us for access to that. Uh, or if you'd like to uh, do it kind of the traditional giving us money route go to patreon.com slash gay for play pod where you can find a link to the discord and our backlog of bonus episodes um i'm so happy to have you here bijou we are we are just meeting for the first time on this call but you you and lawrence have been have been oomphies for a minute now because you all are both up in the central valley correct yes absolutely yeah um i think it was here on air uh, with a friend of the pod, Blueberry Mary, where I first discovered that you were um, that you were a queen in my area. Because um, I had known yes. about you for like for like a while. Like I'd seen you on social media and was like, "Oh, this is a really cool queen." Um, but it wasn't until uh, Mary pointed out, like, "Oh yeah, she lives like near you." I'm like, "Oh, we're like literally neighbors." That's crazy. <laughs> I don't remember if we talked about it, but did I tell did I tell you I hit somebody with my car while I was listening to that podcast? wait was it because you um the jump scare of hearing your name well (laughs) i think it was actually right before it if i'm being completely honest but i did somebody was in my blind spot and i attempted to like merge lanes and we did hit mirrors and i had to pull over and talk to them i'm in full drag and Mm. well not full drag just face but i'm in drag listening to the podcast and I hit somebody, so. <laughs> and then you heard your name. A they few were like, oh my God, it's fine. Like... And I said, oh, good. And, and so then you heard us call you out by name. <laughs> Literally. And then I'm like, oh, 
Bijou, parentheses, who maybe just got in a car accident, which, which we said on the podcast, if you listen yeah. to that. We, we're kind of psychic. Check the tapes. Yeah, we're a little psychic. it's crazy. <laughs> Amazing. But yes, you but are, yes, you are, a, yes, you are yes. a drag sensation of, of SenCal, California. Yeah, I've never heard anyone call it that. Yeah, me neither. But, it's the first um, I guess so. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, um, your background? Yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm here in the in Senkal, the Central Valley. Um, I've lived in Stockton for almost five years. I'm originally from the East Coast. I am a drag artist and visual artist. Um, and just your all-around, like, fun-time, crazy girl, you know? Nice. What, what brought you to um, Stockton in particular? My boyfriend grew up in Lodi, so mm, after college, uh, the plan was California, not necessarily Stockton, but um, this is where he got a job. So it was nice, at least, because he was already familiar with the area, so even though I was up and moving um, to the complete other side of the country, he at least kind of already knew what was up here. So, yeah. Well, fun. And you've had um, you've had a couple LA gigs recently. I haven't been able to make it out to any of them, but you were at Precinct not too long ago, correct? Yes, yes. I was at Precinct for their um, St. Patrick's Day uh, Fat Slut with Meatball. Mm. That was wild. Uh, I think they said it was like record breaking numbers. It was wow. very full, mm-hmm. like arguably which too they full, directed but I had fun. directly attributed to to you. I mean, listen, (laughs) I might not be like, I might not have been the best performer in the show, but when I come to LA, the oomphies come out. Period. The oomphies were there. So I brought a couple people in at least. And you're heading back down to LA this weekend, yeah? For RuPaul's Drag Con. RuPaul's Drag Con. Which I do not have a ticket for. No, me neither. Not yet. But oh, oh. <laughs> from what I've heard, they're not selling that well this year. So oh, I should, I'll buy it oh, tomorrow. Wait, really? Um, I don't know. I mean, she's I wanna... got me blocked, so she's not going to know I'm talking about it. Um, no, it just admittedly, it seems like every year it's like less and less people want to go. Yeah, we are but hitting the diminishing just... the point of diminishing returns really hard right now. Right, I think. like the All Stars eight, like immediate train, <laughs> not train wreck, but. Speeding train bullet that never stops. Yeah. Drag race. Um, I just go for the oomphies. I'm never the type that's like, I'm going to wait in line to see X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, all my friends from like all over the place are going to be in LA this weekend. So I'm going to yeah. go. Well, when, you say it's, I, when you say it's not selling, it, it kind of makes me want to check on <laughs> at least Friday tickets <laughs> when I'm free. Should I, I go to what, drag race? Yeah, I mean, hearing that a con is going to be relatively be empty. Cute. Yeah, hearing about comedy relatively is actually kind of slow. (laughs) It looks like the setup's kind of smaller than usual, and like there's less uh, like vendors and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's still at um, it's still at the uh, the expo where what's it called next to the Staples Center, right? Yes, I believe so. I hope so. Um, LA Convention Center. LA Convention Center, that is. By the Crypto.com Arena and the Microsoft Theater. Yeah. Not the Crypto.com Arena. Forgot about her. (laughs) Yeah. It happened Um, like the rename happened like right as the like um the FTC or FTX shit was going down. And everyone was like, well, crypto's over, but we're gonna we're gonna put the name up. Uh, yeah, no, I think they literally have like a ten-year contract at least, so it's gonna be it's gonna be that way for a minute. Even (laughs) even when crypto crashes and burns. It's gonna be it's um, gonna be kind of camp in a couple years. 
Well, cool. Well, I'm excited for you to go to DragCon. I'm seeing so many of these queens, like, post about their, like, booth setups. And some of these girls go, like, full immersive theater for their booths. Like, who was it? Simone did, like, the Samoma, like, an art museum. Hers was really, really cool. I saw that, like, um, who was it? Uh, Rock'em Soccer is doing, like, a Marie Antoinette, like, cake bakery Mm -hmm. shop in setup. Like... I kind of want to go just to see these setups. You yeah, it's like, it's really cool. I will say, it seems You've like... Been before? Have you been before? Yes, I've been um, a couple of times. It seems like, I mean, you know, it's a lot of work, so I guess it depends on if it's worth their time and energy and all that. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of the girls that are not contractually obligated to be there anymore don't Aren't do it anymore. as much anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah so because it's expensive it's like they have to you know rent the space and depending on how much space you want like it's going to cost more and then you've got to you know buy a ton of merch so that it's ready to go and you've got to pay people to work your booth and i know i don't remember who somebody posted about they also have to pay to like store their stuff there. So mm-hmm. it's like if you've got boxes and boxes of shirts and hats and whatever else, like they you have to like pay them to keep them there for the weekend or whatever. And it's like it's a lot. So, you know. I don't blame people for not wanting to do it, but you know, hopefully it's lucrative for the people that do put in the time and the energy for it. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it's fun for you who's driving all the way down this weekend to go to it. Yes. No, it'll be fun. If nothing else, the after parties will be fun. And um, maybe I'll black out. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I resonate with what you said about about going for the people and not for the experience itself. I've I've gone a Mm -hmm. few times as well. And like the first couple times that I went was to, you know, see all my favorite queens for the first time. But the last time that I went, I went with like uh, a bigger group of friends. And I was like, oh, it's nice to like just be here to spend time with people and um yeah i, I think that yeah socializing um, and for fun. me the the <laughs> most the, the most fun thing about the cons um i haven't been to drag con before but like just being on like the artist's floor the merchant floor yeah i imagine drag con has so many queens that have never been on rupaul's drag race that have amazing booth setups and and just a lot of queer the, artists who yeah. like um just do drag adjacent or just queer uh queer art love right. seeing i mean you that. could consider it the biggest queer art convention gallery in in some ways perhaps yeah definitely yeah so i um well bijou you're not only a drag queen but you're also a little bit of a gamer i've heard a bit of a and gamer this is gay for play a video game podcast i am i'm seeing lots I'm, and lots of pokemon plushes in your i, uh, I spotted uh, a little baby yes. mario on your shelf yes. it's so oh my oh she's major. sliding the oh, camera t- over oh it's even more there was a reveal there was a second it's shelf too much it's so cute so, so we're gonna I, go through every single one of your plushes right now I'm nervous gonna I'm going to get exposed as, like, a fake gamer on this podcast. Oh, no. There's no such thing, I'm realizing. If, if Lawrence like, and I haven't been exposed okay. yet, then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had... I've been making it up. I had... This was actually kind of mortifying. I, I started a, like, teaching job recently. Um, I don't want to get too much into it. But I met with one of the teachers, and he was like, oh, by the way, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, oh, so you listen... You, nope. <laughs> you, you heard That's me, That's wild. Like, say oh, so the you're fired already? multiple times <laughs> but he was like i really liked it and he was like 
he was like, I thought listening to it, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be for me. Like, I don't think I'm that much of a gamer. But, like, I realized and I was like, oh, I'm more of a gamer than I thought. Like, I I recognize a lot of what you guys were talking about. And I was like, What's oh, he going to okay, say so when like, he hears you talking about him on the podcast? Um, who knows? Also, I don't know if I'll, I'll keep listening. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, don't worry about being exposed as a uh, hashtag fake gamer or anything. Because okay. that's... Clearly not true. Uh, Hashtag expose Bijou. Listen, listen, the gamers are going to bully you on Twitter no matter what. <laughs> Mostly just for existing as a queer person. So, like, I feel like we that's, like, the least of our worries is being a fake gamer. True, 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 yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're here to talk about games. It's kind of a... Here's the vibe this week is we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom drops tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Pacific. So... It truly is like a precipice moment. Um, Almost twenty four hours away. Oh my god! And I feel like, as like gaming podcasters or whatever, I feel like that piece of culture is going to dominate the conversation for the next two weeks. So it feels kind of like the last moment to kind of just like check in and talk about things that aren't Zelda because it's kind of going to become the monoculture for a sec, uh, which is exciting. I love when something like huge comes out and it becomes like the dominant force of conversation, but then it also just makes me, um, I don't know. There's like a weird pressure to, to like talk about all the things that aren't that. And then also to come up with stuff to talk about Zelda. I don't know if we're going to do a Zelda episode right away, Eric, you and I haven't talked about anything. I I don't have it purchased yet. I'm actually going to wait a little bit to see what the immediate, a fake fan, fake fake gamer, fake gamer, one fake gamer here in the chat. Expose me. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, it's been, it's been a rough couple weeks for day one releases not running very well. Um, yeah. And I know that, like, we tend to trust Nintendo more than other developers when it comes to, like, games being good when they come out. But I don't know. But this Redfall we? thing going on, this Jedi Survivor thing going on with, like, day one releases being bad. The Switch is an old system. I'm going to give it a couple days and wait to see, like, what the actual, like, performance looks like on this thing. And then maybe decide if I want to spend $70 on a new video game. Which I've yeah. yet to do since video games started being seventy dollars. Brave. Um, yeah. I pre-purchased it. Um, Real gamer. I will say, Real money gamer saving on the podcast. Money saving tip, which is not really a money saving tip because you are spending more than seventy dollars at the end of the day. But if you have Nintendo Switch Online, uh, you can get a Nintendo Switch voucher for a hundred dollars, and that voucher lets you um, download two. Uh, Nintendo games of your choice, uh, based on the lineup, um, for, uh... First-party Nintendo, mostly, yeah. Mostly first-party Nintendo, there's a few non-first-party things on there, um, but it let me download, um, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, so that's $70, and then I'll use it for another $60 game, probably Pikmin, I'm guessing, uh, oh, she's in July. world. Yeah. Wait, is, th- is that out, or remade, or... Yoshi's Crafted World? No, that was yeah. a Switch game. There was Yoshi's Woolly World. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's out, for yeah? for Wii U, and then Woolly, Yoshi's Crafted World came out, like, two years ago. Yeah. Okay, I had a brain fart, and I thought for a second that, like, there was a new Yoshi game coming all of a sudden that I didn't know about. Um, nope. But anyways, um, $130 value for $100. So, save 30 bucks if you're planning to buy more than one uh, Nintendo game this year. It's essentially like buying two games for $50 each. What a steal. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is the. Anyways, saying that you're gonna wait to spend it on Pikmin Four actually is a pretty good argument because that is a game I am really gonna want to play that I am not gonna want to spend. Yeah, sixty or maybe even seventy. I don't know. Have they said other games besides Tears of the Kingdom that are gonna be like are all Nintendo games gonna be seventy going forward? Like is they Pikmin haven't announced anything yet. Game? I think they're like testing the water with this one. I would guess probably the new like if there's a new Mario game, it'll be seventy, but. Who knows? It's ridiculous. And it's shitty, and right? And it will like, stay at that price for the next 10 years. Forever. forever. That's the thing. <laughs> With most $70 games, I just wait, and then they're down to, like, 30 or 40 within, like, six months. But, like, you know Nintendo is never going to, like, drop the price of that game below 60 No. Probably never be less than $60. And why should they? It's going to be the best-selling game ever. I'm kind of calling it right here. This is going to be the best-selling game of the year. Um, Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's also interesting to think, too, about... Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about expectations versus, like, what this game's going to be. They just be using the same map again. Well, I mean, that's, that's like, part of it, right? Like, I think people are coming into this game with, like, um, preconceived expectations of what it is. And I think, like, people are saying, like, it might not hit that same, like, universal acclaim that breath of the wild did just because like breath of the wild was such an unknown at the time that it came out and it I was can... such a moment outside of just being the game that it was it also like launched alongside the switch so it, it kind launched... of ushered in like yeah. the new generation this isn't ushering in a new console this isn't really stacking up against anything else besides just the game that's coming out yeah like there's no other real big releases happening right now but yeah, I just it's for me. I think, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's gonna, it'll. I feel like it's gonna be like a Majora's Mask Ocarina of Time kind of thing, where like it's gonna be a hit. It's gonna be huge and great, and people are gonna people are gonna probably call this their favorite Zelda game. But I don't think I don't think it's gonna reach the heights or be as influential or as game changing as Breath of the Wild was. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, because who we're knows? only just now, like five years on, like seeing games come out now that are directly influenced by Breath of the Wild. So Tears yeah. of the Kingdom is coming out right now, like, at the same time as all of these other games that are coming out that are Breath of the Wild influenced. Um, so I'm just curious. I'm just going to... I'm I'm curious how Tears of the Kingdom is going to feel when we have so many Breath of the Wild feeling games already that have come out in the last couple years. Um, what's it going to be? Yeah, oh, it seems like it... these mechanics, these mechanics in this new game, the, like, the crafting, the building stuff seems pretty detailed and... Uh, and huge and exciting, so... Yeah, and, like, Nintendo knows what the fuck they're doing, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, BG, you mentioned you played uh, some of uh, Breath of the Wild, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, I said I wasn't um... going to expose you as a fake gamer, and then, like, you kind of <laughs> okay, touched so Breath of the Wild admittedly, <laughs> I'm not, like, a huge Zelda person. I love the lore. I yeah. just never, never really clear. played much of them. I played a bunch of Minish Cap, nice. because I was part of the... Um, Nintendo 3DS, 3DS ambassador, ambassador program. <laughs> um, so I played a bunch of that. And I think other than that, Breath of the Wild was like my first like Zelda game that I was playing. And I started, I got into it like at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So like, wait, not, I mean, not like way, way after it came out, but you know, it'd been out a for a while. Yeah. And I never got all the way through it. But I did really enjoy it, and it's one of those games where it's been so long, I've picked it up again once or twice, and I'm like, I don't know where I am or what I'm doing, and I, I just can't get back into it. Do. Yeah. But well, I feel um, like I yeah. have tons of friends who don't play a ton of games that do play Breath of the Wild, who to this day are still like, 
Oh yeah, I never. I need to beat that game. I still I still play Breath of the Wild. Like I know friends who like own a Switch and play Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild, and those are the two yeah. games that they own. Um, yeah. Um, so it's cool. The casuals have something to play again. Not you calling Pichu a casual. Not the casuals. <laughs> no, but I am. I am. <laughs> well, you know what? Casual gamer rights. Uh, you know, casual gamers. Guess what? They're gamers too. They're gamers too. And there's nothing. That your you can mom do playing about Candy it. Crush in 2023. She's, she's a, a gamer. gamer. She's a gamer. Yeah. My, your my niece mom playing and dad Genshin Impact for 12 hours a day. A gamer. My mom and dad who still play Wordle every single damn day and talk gamers. about it. Uh, talk about it over the kitchen table. Hashtag gamers. Um, Did you hear that, like, Wordle is, like, single-handedly propping up the New York Times financially right now? Oh, really? Like, like their their biggest, or, like, the thing that, like, brings the most clicks to the website is Wordle now, and so it's, like, that's their main mode of getting people to their site. And then then peppering some news in there every now and then. Yeah, some news and some really bad takes. Some really bad takes, you know. Did Did you see their recent, like, girl bossification of Elizabeth Holmes? Oh, that like she was actually she actually slayed. They're like, guess what? Not she's not only a scam artist and a convicted con artist. She's also a mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the whole the article is like people call her a sociopath and a manipulator, but when I talked to her, she was really nice and was really kind and cool to me, and I really liked her a lot. And it's like yeah, because she's she had a really captivating sociopath. energy. <laughs> she had this really okay. That's this me stop. though. <laughs> Have you done Elizabeth Holmes drag yet? I have not, but I like to describe myself as all of those things. <laughs> all you need is a turtleneck, and you've, you've got it down. I think I can pull it off. Let's see um, that they're a nussy. <laughs> uh, that, that reminds me, I wanted to ask, um, what inspires, like, your drag? Are there any, like... Um, uh, other than Elizabeth you, Holmes. Yeah, other than Elizabeth right. Holmes. Um yeah, like, what inspires um, your art? Is there any, like, pop culture or, like, gaming stuff that's, like, kind of influenced your art at all? Yeah, so, I mean, I love a girl boss. A girl boss is, like, yes. you know, the base for my drag. And, I mean, I think part of it came from me always loving, like, the female characters in games. Mm-hmm. Like, when there's a female option as a playable character, I'm picking that character. Select, yeah. Like, as a kid on N64, Mario Golf, I was always Peach. Yes. Mario Party, I'm fighting anybody to play as Peach. Smash um, Bros, give me that frying pan. Exactly. When they put her in Smash, I lost my shit. I was like, <laughs> finally. Um, and Toad, I mean, Toad's queer-coded, right? Toad's yeah. like a twink. Yeah. So, yeah. Toad Toadette. went yeah, also, and now we've got Toadette. A queen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, female characters in, like, games and cartoons and stuff like that definitely um, helped shape uh, my drag persona. And just, like, glamorous, beautiful, make-believe women. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which is, again, like, that's kind of just how I describe myself. I mean, I'm just pretend. Yes. Sparkly, make believe, beautiful, gorgeous woman. Incredible. We're all born naked, and the rest is a Vari suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the girls that get it get it. 
Yes, yes. Um, yeah, also, part of the reason we wanted to have you on, Bijou, was um, next week you're hosting a, a video game-themed drag show, which I'm super, super excited about. And personally, I have a sneaking suspicion that you did it as kind of a um, uh, as like a hint to uh, get on this podcast and be like, oh, I know that Lawrence usually frequents these shows. Let me do a video game-themed show and uh, trick them into... Uh, letting me on their podcast so is that what happened is kind of my first question i guess that's exactly correct (laughs) um not only did i want to be on the pod but i wanted to guarantee that there was at least one person in the audience that night (laughs) yes exactly so i was like if nobody else comes lawrence will be there i know that little fag will show up (laughs) (laughs) but lawrence you also like You've talked about your drag past on the show. When are you going to get in on one of these drag shows? Wait, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, I've done drag like a couple of times. Um, Yeah, I've been itching to get back into it. Bijou, I've like, okay, this is embarrassing, but I've like wanted to ask you like, hey, can you kind of help me get my get my shit together? But like not in a way that I'm like wanting to like use you and be like, make me make me your drag child, but also like make me your drag child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Let's t- well, let's well, let's talk about we'll it off the pod. We'll offline about it. Um. But yeah. Did I just yeah, like? Been... Did I just like drag matchmaker the two? Of you? <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm a am, harsh mother with am high I the yenta of yeah. gay podcasting. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I actually had an idea for a drag number, but I think you beat me to it because I wanted to do a um a number two. Uh, Caroline Polachek's Welcome to My Island, where I'm dressed as Isabel. Uh, and you've uh, done an Isabel drag number before, right? Yes. <laughs> I actually was going to do Welcome to My Island, because I just did Isabel. I like, I, it's from years ago, but I just brought it back for a show, a Smash Brothers themed show. And like, I fully in my mind was like, I'm going to do Welcome to My Island. And then it came up and I was like, uh, I'll just send this old mix I already have. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, tell us about um, Dress Code Video Games and uh, yeah. what So Dress Code is um, mine and my partner's monthly show uh, every third Thursday. And we just, when we first started going out and doing drag uh, back on the East Coast, we were like a regular cast for this monthly show where what we always thought was cool is it always had a theme and they always really encouraged um, like the audience to come in theme as well. And if anything, it was actually more of like a party that had a drag show mm-hmm. instead of like the drag show is the main focus and everything else is secondary. Love that. Um, so like to us, that's just like how we got started. And it was always like super cool to, put together something new that was specifically meant to fit that theme. Um, and so when we got the opportunity to start our own um, show here, the the focus was really how do we get the audience involved? And um, so we really encourage like dressing up and we try to keep the themes uh, all visual Instead of like, you know, like 80s. Well, I mean, 80s, you yeah. could do visual, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't want like music themes where maybe the visual link doesn't really run between them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just really want the audience to dress up. We do a costume contest every time we do the show. We give out a trophy. We give out other prizes depending on, you know, what we've got to give out. 
But um, yeah, so this month the theme is video games. Um, I just thought it would be fun to have the have the divas nerd out a little bit, yeah. and um, it's also nice because I was like, if I run out of time and don't make something new, I've got a handful of things ready to go <laughs> in your back pocket. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I definitely want to do one new number, and then my second number will probably be something I already have. But, nice. Nice. Um, nice. And where yeah. where do you do these shows at? Uh, this is at Paradise Nightclub in Stockton, California. Um, if you've ever been, the place to be. Yes, if anyone's ever been, you know it's like in the middle of nowhere in like this dark, scary parking lot. But it's cute. But it's always a fun. Does it time. give? Does it give like um? What is that? That the the bar in Modesto, the the, the brass yeah. bowl or something? Yeah. It's like it's very which I bowl. love. I love the brass bowl, but I'm terrified every time I go there. <laughs> I've literally never stepped foot in the Brave Bowl. I've lived here five bowl. years and I've never been to the Brave the Bowl. Brave Bowl, that's what it's called. Shout Eric, out and now bowl. it's been so long, I just feel like I shouldn't. Like Eric, I, was I, it I you and I who went to that terrible stand-up show? Yes. <laughs> Although here's the thing, I still real follow. Night. There, there were some good ones that night. There were some good yeah. ones that night, but they closed with like one of the worst stand-up performances I've ever seen. That yeah, was with was... Um, Ramon and Fran. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah. Friends in the pod. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Flashback. Sorry. Relive the <laughs> <new> memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, so excited for dress code. So excited to uh, to be there and dress up i um you can see a little toad hat in my corner i might do a toad i also have this which also is a great segue for something else i want to ask you about um marriage i do have <laughs> my shujin academy jacket um, okay so, so i might do a little persona thingy but we're figuring it out um but yeah, i wanted to ask you that because i know that's a that's a yes. uh like like many queer people, we are on a long, long journey to uh, eventually finish Persona Five. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's such a slow journey for me. <laughs> me too, girl. It's I started it in 2017, and I still haven't finished it. Can you believe? Okay, that and makes Eric me feel a little bit better. I beat it twice. Eric's beat it fully twice. Um, I'm just I'm just a busy, busy diva with yeah. so many hobbies. Oh, and I wasn't. Interests. I wasn't complimenting myself by saying I beat it twice. It was actually a. It was actually a cry for help. It was a self drag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm yeah, enjoying like it. I just don't have the time. Yeah, it's a, it, the good thing I will say about that because I've seen you tweet like uh, your um, concerns that you're like, how am I ever gonna finish this? Can I even play another video game? And uh, if I haven't finished this one, I will say it's a great game to like pick up and put down for months and then come back to because um, in my experience, I found the combat's always super easy to remember. It's always yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have the same thing of like coming back to a game and not remembering how to play. It is. And also, so much of it's just visual novel cutscenes that it's just yeah. like starting a show again, mostly yeah, yeah, with yeah. with some fighting every couple hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know. Good game. I think when we talked about it, you said I'm like maybe halfway, and I'm like, I just I so rarely sink like a lot of time. And to listen to the real gamers out there, sixty, seventy hours or whatever I've sunk into this is not that much to me. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, and I'm it like, is... oh, I'm like halfway. Yeah, saying you're yeah, 60, no, 70 fully, hours through, my, that's about halfway through, I'd say. My final, like, Persona Royale, my second playthrough, because I played OG Persona 5 first. When I played Royale, I think my final time was, like, 125 hours or something. Like, just just to beat the game. Just to get to, just to roll the credits on that game. 
125 <laughs> hours I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Persona 5 is one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Even though it's difficult to it's... love, go listen to our Persona 5 episode with Sarah Brown. It's yeah. got some issues. Well, and I, I, I mention it, A, because you're playing it, Bijou, but B, uh, because as I've been kind of going through my backlog with the big one coming out, Zelda, and being like, what do I want to finish beforehand? I'm like, oh, I'm... I'm truly at the end of the game, finally. No, I'm you've in... told me where you are. You're like, you are actually in the last dungeon. You are actually yeah. at the end of the game, finally. Yeah, I'm in the new semester that they added for Royal. I I, I managed to uh, uh, rank all the way up with the needed confidants that I needed to unlock the end of the proper end of the new game. Um, but yeah, for who some are, reason, who are your um who are your top confidants in your party? In, in your uh, game? What's well, your Ryuji's my boyfriend Rolo. forever. Ryuji's perfect. My boyfriend. That's actually. What I cosplayed as. Um, That's actually rule of culture yeah. number seven hundred. We can't. We can't. Be doing is that my boyfriend. We can't do. We can't do that, bestie. <laughs> Rue's already gonna sue us for this name. We can't be stealing. Literally, Matt and Bowen in here too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ryuji's my boyfriend forever. Uh, Makoto, best girl, I would say. Um, and then, kind of like the third one is the one that like I usually switch around. Um, I like Yusuke. I think he's fun. Um, but yeah, who are your faves, um, Bishu? Um, Makoto is definitely the best girl, mm-hmm. queen. She yeah. turns into a motorcycle. How can you? How can you? I mean, deny? Mm-hmm. born this way, baby. Yeah, playing um, Vroom Vroom by Charlie XCX. But okay, I just spoiler alert for this seven-year-old game for anybody who's not there yet. <laughs> um, I just uh, entered Say Nijima's Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and Akechi just joined my, uh, team. I should be able to romance Akechi, They, okay, so... No, Akechi is giving canonical boyfriend. Right! I'm like... And and there's so much inappropriate fan art. In Royal, they hyped it up even more, because, like, in the original, they were kind of, like... There was kind of, like, some sexual tension between them, but in this game, like... You guys are literally like, going to like cafes together and talking about. You're how, going like, on mm, dates. You're trading clothes. You're the only one who sees me, and like he's this like hotshot detective, and he's like everyone. Everyone's like trying to like get a picture with me because I'm so famous. But you really see me for who I am, and I really appreciate that. And it's boyfriend. Yeah. It's very rival they boyfriends. Go to the, make them kiss. Yeah, they go to the spa together. They sit they in the, the tub spa, naked together. To yeah. Also, the like opening the the opening animation uh, when like it's introducing all the characters, but like it shows them when they like fall in the pile of diamonds together and they like look and turn their heads to each other like they're about to kiss. It's very. There's also like um, it's just kind of like an, I found this was an Easter egg because it's like a hard dialogue thing to trigger. But if you play darts with him and you like cheer him on and like call him cute names, he actually does worse at darts because he's distracted by you flirting with him. Opposed to <laughs> wow. if you're like challenging him or being like, I bet you can never or let's see your true genius. But if you say like, yay, Akechi-san, I love you. Then he misses every time because he's flustered. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's gay great. Game. Good game. Gay game. Homophobic game, but I believe game. in us. We'll finish it eventually. Oh yeah, it also has some homophobic shit in it, but we we've talked about that before. It's it's our problem. Also, if fave. you're um, if y'all, I mean, for when you, the either of you ever beat Persona Five, I can. Re- I also want to recommend Like a Dragon. Oh uh, yeah, because very very similar Persona vibes, having a fun gang of friends, hanging out in the city in Japan solving wacky mysteries together um i'm actually really enjoying it a lot in comparison with persona 5 because it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of the same 
fun adventure stuff. Highly recommend. Yeah. And I recommend Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, Bijou, I know you're also planning to play soon, yeah? I got it. It's yeah. still compl- It's not taken out of the plastic yet. Um, yeah. I will say it can, be, <laughs> uh, it can be not for everyone. Eric, I know you... You weren't crazy about it, right? You tried I to get into not, it. I've never. Fire Emblem's been a hard one. Just that top-down combat just does not. It's like their okay. strategy combat is so hard for me to get into. On Fire Emblem Three Houses is yassified chess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the like gameplay of it is like you know this like top-down tactics uh, thing. Well, not is, every piece on the board can be queen, Lawrence. Yeah, um, but I think it's like where that game really succeeds and. I think why I'm not enjoying Fire Emblem Engage as much and kind of have buyer's remorse about that one is that, like, I really think the social element um, and, like, getting to know your students and romancing them and and doing all this stuff is kind of the meat and potatoes of the game. Um, Because I think that they're, like, really cool, well-written... I mean, they're they're like anime characters. They're not, like, super three-dimensional. You're romancing Um, your students? Yeah, it's a little... That's sick. Okay, so Ooh, the, the plot of this sold. game is you're like a mercenary. You're like this this like twink mercenary um who like all of a sudden like three of the like hotshot students from the like warrior church come by and they're like, "Oh, you're like a really good fighter. We actually have like an opening at our school. Do you want to like come teach for us?" And you're like, "Yeah, I guess I will." Uh and then you go, you meet this like really cunty priest um who she like runs the like monastery and she's also maybe like an ancient god, it's unclear. Um and then she's like, "Okay, which of these students do you want to be like the headmaster of?" Like you it, it's a it's a it's like a Hogwarts thing kind of where you choose the house that you want to be in. But like you get to meet all the students and figure out which ones you want to vibe with. Um, I personally recommend Golden Deer because uh, it's it's a bunch of uh, misfits and weirdos in that one, and a really flirty um, flirty brown man as the as the like head of the house. Um, but yeah, it does have some vibes of like hey, you're my teacher, but also maybe I'm a mm, weird power but, dynamics. But but it's fun. Interesting. Yeah, it's a fun time. I've been meaning. I'll to get go to back. it sooner or later. Yeah. If you, if you loved it. dating your teacher in Persona 5, check out Fire Emblem <laughs> Three Houses. <laughs> oh, man. Are either Jail... of you dating your teacher in your in your Persona 5 playthroughs? No. Jail for Kawakami. <laughs> um, I got my first, like, proposition one up, where, the, one where one of the characters was like, hey, I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> and I was so nervous. I said, mm, no. Because it was the doctor. And she's mm, a badass. Yeah. But... I'm like reading, and I'm like, "What happens if I if I date everybody? What's what's the con of that?" Yeah, and I feel like I was pressured by Reddit users and other folks to not date everybody. Yeah, nothing, so, nothing like having an open guide on your phone as you play a game that like specifically <laughs> that like took me back to like actual like sense memory of Persona Five of checking my phone in the middle of the game yep, to see yep, what happens. Yep. Um. Every um every dialogue option, I was googling to see which one would give me the most little heart notes. <laughs> it feels like cheating, it but I'm like, so, yeah, and then I run out of time. Um, yeah. Going back and playing like Shin Megami Tensei Four on my 3ds, like the the dialogues choices are act are so much harder. Yeah. than than um, so much more than Persona Five. Like Persona Five actually made dialogue guessing a lot easier. In in SMT Four, it's actually completely random for the most part yeah. like what 
what dialogue will make what's gonna piss off a demon or yeah um i was gonna say something else about persona dating oh yeah um in my original playthrough i did a kind of uh polyamory run where i did date anyone who propositioned me um but then in royal i was like i'm actually gonna just feel it out and like see what i want to do and i've actually ended up dating no one because in my i i headcanon because ryuji is your boyfriend well yeah that and i kind of just like headcanon joker is queer in my head and was like he he's not he's girly pop with these girls he's not wanting to like fuck them so (laughs) which is which is the beauty of like rpgs this is truly role playing you can uh create the story as you go um yeah although i think i will date um what's her name miss acrobat miss gymnastics Oh, Kasumi. The new girl. Kasumi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Speaking of... Uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else about Persona 5? I've been playing Persona 4. Like it. Like it a lot. Oh, nice. Like Persona 4 a lot. Love, love going back and playing that. Um, Speaking of RPGs where you can live your true role-playing fantasy... Lawrence, we were playing Redfall last night. Do we want oh, to get into... Yeah. <laughs> do we want to have... get into... Yeah. Have you heard anything about this game? No, I have not. So it's from Arcane Studios, who uh, they've done like a lot of hit games. They made the Dishonored series. They made Prey, which is a game we talked about on the podcast last year. Um, Game. Deathloop, which which was a recent hit. That one's still fun. I like the vibe of it. Not the best game in the world, but I I like it. But like, probably, I feel like Deathloop's probably their. I don't know. Dishonored's pretty big. I would say Deathloop was like their most mainstream hit. Prey Prey certainly was not a was certainly not a hit despite being yeah. i think the best of all of their games it was not one that like reached a, reached a wide audience um deathloop did more of it but now we have redfall redfall um, which looked... a couple years ago well we just say a couple last years year, ago I think. yeah last well, year's when they arcane announced would it. yes but arcane oh, which I is owned so. by bethesda which was recently bought by microsoft this is so this is arcane's first release since bethesda microsoft acquisition the Microsoft acquisition, yeah. um, just 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 bigger fish eating consecutively smaller fish, yeah. Uh, Which you would think would lead to a uh, higher quality product at the end of the day, having more having access to game. resources at Microsoft, yeah. And I will say, when this game was announced last year, it looked really really cool. It was like, oh, uh, here's a bunch of like, it, it's like four heroes with like magical powers, and they're like hunting You're, vampires um, to like aging, save this four city. aging. Four aging millennials with bad haircuts uh, <laughs> in a town with vampires in New England. Yeah. With, like, cool, like, mobility superpowers. And, like, it looked promising and looked fun. And I was like, oh, it's from Arcane. I loved Deathloop. Arcane and does great stuff. Yeah. They do great stuff. Uh, this game has been a flop of huge. This game is absolutely One of the terrible. biggest flops of the year. Not that. Um, yeah. it's has so many performance issues. Um it's not fun. Uh, the AI for the enemies is really bad and repetitive. Um, World design, very boring. Some of the most boring level design. Um, yeah. Okay, but nothing, better it, or worse than Scarlet and Violet? Ooh, okay. Visually better. <laughs> <laughs> Visually looks better. Story-wise, though, Scarlet and Violet outsold. I would even say I would even say I mean I haven't played Scarlet and Violet. I would say Scarlet and Violet's probably a better Gameplay game than this because at least yeah. it's at least it's the Pokemon formula, which is like a proven fun, fun formula. Yeah. Like and yeah, and okay. the story's good. Okay. Lots um, of performance issues there though, too. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, right, right. But Redfall is um incredibly boring story. Like, 
it just the, the production value, it's 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 actually kind of shocking just having played other arcane games to see just how like much of a step down in quality this is. Like there's not really cutscenes in the game. It's like cutscenes are just sort of these like still images with like some sometimes like, with like narration them. over them sometimes, sometimes with narration not. sometimes with not like yeah. absolutely terrible like character dialogue the game is also like it's co it's like co-op so me and Lawrence were playing it together like ca- like co-op campaign so i was playing I think I had more like electric powers. You were playing this like cool black girl with psychic powers. Yeah. And like every time they talked to each other, like incidentally in the world, it was always so cringe. Yeah. It was so boring. It was uh, uh, mission objectives that were just like, all right, walk to this point. Go to this waypoint. Go to cool, this waypoint. Cool, you found a voice note. Uh, go to this one. Cool, you found a chest. Oh, there's two vampires here. Kill them with li- and literally like maybe not even more than two shot kills for yeah. all of these enemies we're at the very beginning of a game. And then we, you and I both find a skill tree and we laugh because we're like, "What do you mean a skill tree? We don't need any more skills. We don't need skills. We're absolutely mowing down every group. There's absolutely no challenge. There's, I- I'm so unclear like where it's even meant to go from like where we stopped playing last night because I'm like literally, what is the hook yeah. here? It's bizarre it's really and it's sad. It's, it's really I, sad, actually. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to spend too much time shitting on it because we were talking at, at the end of our play session about how, like, it's tough because I think as we grow older as gamers, we we, we realize, like, or we're more cognizant of the, like, human element behind this mm-hmm. game and, like, the fact that, like, many people did, like, poor... People spent you know, five... A large team of people spent yeah, five years of their, years life of their lives. Yeah, their lives. And it's sad because I'm sure there was some kind of corporate fuckery that led it to being this... Um, unsatisfying of a final product it has to there has to be something we don't know about like going on behind the scenes because there's no way you go from like prey yeah. and death loop down to like a game like redfall yeah which but only tough. seems to like it seems to a game that seems to be entirely reliant on like the worst trends of the last couple years like yeah. there's so much like fortnite energy so much like looter shooter destiny anthem stuff going on in this game that is meant to be a like you know co-op single player campaign game mm-hmm. like from from a studio that's known for making really good campaign story centric games like it's just it's so bizarre that this is yeah. how this turned out and yeah, it feels tough. like it was not the game they wanted to make from the start yeah and it's tough because it's like this was one of microsoft's like big like selling points for this game and like after it's flopped or yeah. they've been like, like one of their two this and like starfield later this year like their two big games for this year <laughs> yeah and like Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, has been and said, like, yeah, I think we're kind of losing the console war, which is, like, not a good thing for your, like, head of your company to say. Um, But it's, yeah, it's tough and it's sad. Like, I wish that it was better and I wish that I could come here and be like, actually, there were things about the game that I liked, but it truly was, like, a total flop. I mean, the good news is it it was on Game Pass. Upside is it's on Game Pass. I didn't didn't pay money for it. You can play it for free if you have Game Pass, and then you can uninstall it after two hours like I did. Which we did after we finished playing. But yeah, that was was tough. Um, Because it's not like a in a couple months, like, they can, like, iron out some of the performance stuff. It's, like, the core of the game is not good. Like, the the gameplay loop, which is not something you can fix in, like, patches. It's, like, what the game is at its foundation is not an interesting, fun thing. So I'm, like, ooh, that's rough. So just uh, don't even bother. Just move on to the next thing, Arcade, please. Yeah. And I would say, if you, if you, if it's piqued your interest at all, I'd say go and play Deathloop or Prey, because those are Mm -hmm. good games from the studio that kind of, you know, um, have a lot of arcane's like magic truly in them so yeah. pray at pray act i would actually put i would put in the masterpiece yeah. club for me at least i would put in the up there with like bioshock and yeah. some other games as my personal fave goats yeah um, 
Um, before we like, uh, before we move on to what 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 else we're gay for this week, um, any like uh, other things that we've been playing that we want to chat about or um. Um, I got into Hitman finally. Hitman's really good. I love. Um, it's good. A game that genuinely has taken me like maybe I think this is the fourth time I've installed this game trying to get myself to like it, and it finally clicked. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why this time of all times it finally worked. I think because it's all kind of like like one big package now. If you don't know Hitman, it kind of got rebooted in 2016, and there's been three games since then, but. It's at the point now where if you download Hitman 3, it just automatically installs 2 oh, and 1. And two. Um, so it's kind of wants you to treat those three games as one big, huge, giant game. So yeah. it's it's called the the World of Assassination Trilogy now. Um, and it's just it just kicks ass. I really like Hitman a lot. It's um, very much... Uh, actually, I was going to say it kind of reminded me of games like Prey or, or Bioshock. Very, it feels very immersive simmy where it's not so much about... Like, you have guns, but it's not a shooter. It's about you trying to pull off these murders, but, like, without... Solve problems. It's very, like, just, like, interacting with AIs in, like, very detailed environments to, like, trick them into doing things so you can eventually assassinate someone. Um, And it's very much about, like, can you assassinate this person silently, quietly, without anyone noticing? It's not a guns going guns blazing kind of game, and I'm actually finding that so much more fun to just experiment with like tools and objects and environments to see like what might accidentally kill a person yeah um they're really fun i really recommend them um they're also on game pass which is why i've uninstalled and reinstalled it four times because i keep i've been keeping (laughs) trying to get into it so yeah check it out on game pass i'll probably have more to say as i play more of them um one of the levels in the third game is absolutely stellar because it's just a knives out mis- murder mystery. Yeah. You're like like you're truly in this mansion. Yeah, you're like in this in- English mansion on the moors and you um in- are impersonating this detective and then the woman who you're supposed to assassinate um assigns you as the imposter detective to go and solve this other murder that's happened at the manor and then you just end up like interviewing these people in this family and the butler and gathering evidence and then like making accusations at the end and then at the end if you do it right, you can actually end up assassinating the person you're meant to kill, and it's really fun. Um, just really, just really wacky. You, there's, there's a lot you can do in these games that I don't think really made those options were not clear to me until I really like dug myself in and got past the first few like tutorial levels. So, yeah, really highly recommend them to anyone, even you, Lawrence, even you, Bijou. They're even fun, me, they're silly. Even you, they're fun and silly in camp. There's a lot of humor in this game. I'm, um yeah check them out what about nice. you lawrence um i'm still just playing a lot of star wars jedi survivor um which is running better now although last night i opened up my playstation 5 and it said oh the game had updated and i was like okay slay so they fixed that fixed out some more technical issues and then ran into my first game breaking bug where an enemy killed me and then the game wouldn't like respawn me and i had to like Um, close the game manually and open it back up and I lost like 30 minutes of progress and I was like okay well I'm pissed off Um, but yeah that game's getting a lot more fun Um, combat is just so 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 fun I don't think I stressed that enough um, when we were comparing that game to its predecessor last week lightsabers equals fun I feel like there's there's, a whiteboard at respawn studio yeah but like I think we mentioned last week how like you weren't fans of like the double bladed lightsaber combat in the first one I love the double-bladed lightsaber in this game in particular. It feels so Ooh, much better. better. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm still having fun with it. It's a great time. Um, BJ, before we move on to what else we're gay for, uh, A, are you playing anything 
else. B, if not, I have a question for you. Um, so yeah, are you playing um, anything else? <laughs> uh, I will say the other day I was playing Persona and I was like, I need a silly little break. Uh-huh. So I played um, some Katamari. Ooh, fun. which Iconic. I've always been like a fan of, but I'm all, I've I just always grew up as like a Nintendo household, mm-hmm. so I never really got to play it much like as a kid. But now that um, I forget which one is on Switch, and then they're releasing another one remastered on Switch next month, so I was like, let me get back into this. Yeah, and it's just so silly and so cute, and the music's so good. And yeah, who doesn't like, want to like brain. roll up a cow it's- and everything else? Yeah, it's very like um it's very like ASMR where it's like let me just like see if I can stick this thing to my little ball and watch gravity get stronger and stronger. Those yeah. games are so fun. It's, They're so fun. It's wild yeah, like, it's like the level's like tw- it's like you have 25 minutes and I'm like 25 minutes is so long and then I'm sitting there and I'm like and then you're panicking by the end. By the of end. It, I'm like rolling up like <laughs> entire buildings and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, work. It's not enough." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very, very much feed the void in your soul yeah. kind of a game. Yes. Um, you cannot fill the void <laughs> with buildings. Uh-huh. And then when you um, don't fill the void, you get told how terrible you are. Yeah. Yeah, I love the the diva that is the king of the cosmos. <laughs> um, Which, yeah. uh, the episode, episode at some point, I think once the, what is it, We Love Katamari is the new the re-release they're yes. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we should talk about those games. I have a lot to say. I was listening to... Um, Tim Rogers podcast insert credit and he was talking about how that Katamari like being a crossover hit in the West was kind of a moment for like Japanese games games, smaller Japanese games like really like working because like mid 2000s we were oversaturated with like that was like Call of Duty Gears of War it was like a very like Western games were very insular still at that point and Katamari Mm -hmm. kind of brought this silliness and this ridiculousness and hit in a mainstream way that like other games of that silliness level hadn't worked and that kind of has influenced games more than we realize yeah like, where we are now i also i forget what i was listening to but someone said like katamari was like really responsible for like a lot of like um a lot of devs realizing they could make like smaller weirder projects and i think like it really uh was a boon to the video game industry as a whole in terms of like showing that like weirder shit can like still have mainstream appeal yeah um, roll this ball and see what sticks yeah um slay um last thing i wanted to ask you because we mentioned your um your truly bevy of pokemon plushes um yes favorite pokemon generation uh favorite pokemon in general uh where are you at okay so i do feel like i put on the nostalgia glasses a little bit and uh-huh. i'm like that girl but gen 2 will always be mm-hmm. my favorite. Like, yeah. I'm a Johto stan. Um, and even, like, the remakes, Heart, and Soul, Silver, so good. The only time the I've ever played through it. an entire Pokemon game in Japanese, like, I begged my Ooh. parents to import it for my birthday, and I was <gasps> oh, like, wow. I can figure this out. And, um, yeah, and... Did you, just, did you learn oh, Japanese or did you just figure it out on no, vibes? No, I just kind of knew and I was like reading the like Serebi walkthrough. Yes. But the nice Shout thing is like Cerebi. the games for the most part were like very faithful remakes. So I was like, mm-hmm. I've played these games enough that I'm like, I know what I have to do. Yeah, I know the objective. Um, I was like, I don't know what's and like anytime a Pokemon would learn a new move, I have to go look and be like, okay, what is this? <laughs> and do I want to learn it? Yeah. Um, but favorite Pokemon, underrated fave. Smoochum. And I yes. think it's because she's just like a queen. Like she's just like me. 
Yeah, I loved your smoochum look that you did um, a couple you. months ago. Uh, that was uh, great. Um, yeah. And she's yeah. easy to like collect because she gets very little attention. Yes. Love disc, that's like the little heart-shaped fish. Love, love disc as well. She's kind of I want to do that in drag. Oh, look. There she is. Queen. <laughs> Mother, <laughs> if you will. Slay. Um, yeah, I'm excited for more Pokemon. I'm excited for that Pokemon, um, like, hotel show that they're doing on Netflix. Did y'all hear from oh, that? Oh, yeah, I it's forgot like about motion. that, but it looks so cute. Yeah, that looks really cute. Um, and then, yeah, I'll probably buy the Scarlet Violet DLC, even though I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about Scarlet Violet, but I'm a, I'm a slut for Pokemon content, so I'll, I'll absorb it, nevertheless. Um, so, like, let's take a real quick break and then real quick talk about what else we're gay for and then uh, head on out, shall we? Perfect. All right. Hey, guess what? We're back with some more gay for play. We are going to talk about what else we're gay for. Sometimes we can't fit it all into the main part of the episode. We got a little leakage on the back end, and we talk about what else we're gay oh, for. Leakage on the back end. <laughs> Lawrence, why don't you let us know what else you're gay for this week? Yeah. Um. Last night I started. Um. I started this show that I've seen a lot about on social media, but hadn't watched until last night. Uh. Called Jury Duty. Have you guys heard of it? That was going to no. be my thing. Wait. Okay. You can talk about <laughs> the it. The thing everyone tries to get out of. Now everyone wants back in again. What's uh, going on? Wait. Okay. This is, um, this is gaggy. I'll think of something else. Biju, talk about jury duty. <laughs> or, or what else you I feel bad. I was like, what <laughs> have I been into lately? And that was all I could think of today. So I do have to seal it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Go for it. Jury duty is so good. It's so stupid, it's... but it's so good. Wait, what is I... the premise? So, to preface it, I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, I didn't see anything on social media. It's been out for like a month now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like sitting down working on something and my boyfriend's like putting something on the TV and we never really watched anything on like Amazon. So I was like, what is this? And so I'm like, it's starting and I have no idea what's happening. But essentially, it's all these like actors well, they get this guy and they like tell him that they're filming a documentary about jury duty. And so the one guy thinks that he's just filming this documentary, but everybody else, like the rest of the jury, the, the judge, judge, the, the, the plaintiff, bailiff. The, the bailiff, like everybody else is an actor and they have like loose scripts, but also they're ad libbing a lot of it. And so it's just like, this poor guy, like, these characters are also, like, bizarre, and they're, like, sequestered, and they have, like, no access to, like, the internet and their phones, and so it's just, like, I'm watching it's it, and I'm just, truly... like, it's so stupid. Like, this is so dumb. But and it's and is it, are they just fucking pot. with this one guy? They're is fucking it with just this, like one fuck guy. this one guy. This one guy thinks it's real. Also, um, the first episode to, like... Like, all the jurors are coming in, and then all of a sudden, James Marsden walks in. <laughs> and James Marsden's like, man, I can't believe I'm fucking here on jury duty. Like, I have a big like, oh. meeting with, like, Hollywood producers. And then he and he's the play- guy... He's playing himself? He's, like, he's playing yes, like, he's a heightened himself. version of himself. <laughs> um, 
But like, so like he becomes, James Marsden becomes friends with like, uh, the guy who doesn't know that, uh, that this is all fake. And like, they become like buddy, buddy. And like, it's so funny to watch this guy become friends with this like heightened version of James Marsden. <laughs> like he's like, he's like such an asshole. Yeah. He's like such a, like such a jerk. But, but it's so fucking it, hilarious. <laughs> it was like killing me when the guys like went home and like, because he like James Marsden talks about like being in the Sonic movie, and he's like, "Oh, I heard that sucks." <laughs> and then the guy like fully goes home and watches it and comes back the next day and he's like, "Oh my god, man, that was actually You're good." So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so surreal uh, and hilarious and that's so funny i have to watch yeah. this i love like psychological experiment shit like yeah this. it reminds um, me of um i haven't watched it still but what's his name nathan fielder's the rehearsal it was yeah. kind of oh the rehearsal. Was very that yeah. um but yeah so funny uh this guy has become a star he just signed with like a, a talent agency um, um oh i love that i didn't yeah. see that yeah people people love this dude because uh, he's he's just like this like nice uh kind of goofy guy and who like is very oblivious to what's going on and the fact that like everyone is truly acting a clown around him and he's none the wiser it's, and he it's, was so lovable like yeah. they specifically were like we threw these things into like set you off or like make you act a certain way and you were just like rolled with it and we're like yeah. cool with everybody and it's it was very nice yeah, it reminds yeah. me do, do, do y'all remember the joe schmo show which was like no. a it was like a bachelor spinoff that was kind of like the same thing where okay. it's like the bachelor is like the only real person but like all of the people he's like dating and the host it's are all in on like some elaborate plot and it's actually yes, a sitcom i do remember this yeah right it was him yeah that's what i'm trying to think of yes that's what it was the joe schmo show very funny yeah um but yeah jury that. duty it's available on amazon prime through like freebie freebie is actually yeah. like the the thing that like produced it so you can watch it directly through freebie i guess if you want to go make an account there but it's it's so worth it and it's so funny um yeah i mean a lot of these actors have to be like uh improvisers because like they're so good at rolling with the punches yeah well Um, and i was saying it's like because i think at least like the one guy has like an hbo special but i was saying it's so crazy because like all they'd have to do is recognize one of those people and the whole thing's like screwed up up. yeah (laughs) but yeah um Eric, what are you gay for this week? Ooh, well, I'm going to keep it Star Wars-y. I watched yes. uh, season two, or I'm starting to watch season two of Star Wars Visions. Oh, nice. Um, Lawrence, I actually think you talked about this as your what else you were gay for back when the first Many season came out ago. a couple years ago. Many now, rotations I'm, I'm, ago, as I say in Star Wars. And, and I'm just t- taking it right from you because I'm recommending the second season of this show because it's so good. Uh, Star Wars Visions, this dropped on uh, May the 4th girl because may the fourth be with you um but i actually i watched it on um revenge of the fifth which is actually the day after may the fourth um but this is a star wars anthology show it is like i think i believe it's nine episodes of like animated shorts they're all about 15 to 16 minutes long they're every single one of them is animated by a different uh animation animation studio studio, so every episode has its like own distinct art style um they wild they vary in tone wildly. One of them is like a stop motion piece by Ardman Animation, the folks who do Wallace and Gromit. Um, that's the only one I recognize, but one of them is a is a South African animation company. 
Um, one of them is in the Netherlands. It's very like it's just it's so div- like diverse in terms of yeah. like the tones and the stories, and yet every story is like set inside of the Star Wars universe in these very like fringe places that that we've never explored before or would never think to explore. They're so so good. What were you gonna yeah. say, Lawrence? Um, season one was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was all like Japanese anime studios that were uh, developing them. So it's cool that season two has kind of gone international and shown off a lot more like animation styles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool. It's a really cool watch. I I, I love it for. It's really cool. Did you, you said you watched the, the first episode? Of I watched it? the first episode. Yeah, and I'm planning to watch the more second of it season. Well. It's really good. I don't know yeah. who I don't know who the studio was, but it's like a. Uh, it's like about like a reformed Sith who's like using her Force powers to like paint pictures with the Force, and then like. Oh, the idea of like painting with the force is so cool. How why have I never thought about that? How has that never been explored before? It's just all of these cool things in the world of Star Wars you would ne- would never think to focus in on, like being being yeah. fleshed out. Yeah, and yeah, goddamn yeah. beautiful. Every single one of these is so gorgeous. You can tell like how much work and soul and heart went into them. Yeah. All the different specials. It's it's cool to like know that these animation studios are like being paid by Disney to like animate these beautiful, beautiful things. Um and there are other for everyone to see now. Check it out. It's on uh, on Disney Plus. Is that something that somebody who's like not a big Star Wars person could enjoy? Like just jump into so. and like enjoy as a so. standalone yeah. like thing? Because I feel like you don't need to know too much about like Star Wars lore. Because especially and I don't you know, know if... about Jedi and the Force and lightsabers. You're that's you're probably good. Yeah, okay. and they're all like standalone little things. Um, yeah, I I'm think, sure they're know, more cool if you know if you know stuff, but like I don't I would say any of it is required because I would say none of them actually have like characters from the main series. Like they're yeah. all brand new characters in every one of them. None of it is like a continuation of something else yeah. of a character we've already met. You're never like, oh that's um Glup Shido. <laughs> that's that that's that character <laughs> who was Glub in the Shido. Clone Wars for like a second. <laughs> Gleb Shito. Um yeah. Slay. That's lovely. All right, Lawrence, let's try this again. What else are you gay for yeah, this week? I was, well, I was trying to rack my brain. Um, so aside from Jury Duty, which is great and everyone should watch, um, this is kind of another... Wait, so are you actually... Are you, wait, so is it... Let me take us another level. Are the two of you actually playing a trick on me to make me think this is a real show when actually you're just trying to trick me into actually going to Jury Duty? Yeah, we've you're actually... You're too smart. I've been I playing the long it. game. I've been a paid actor since we met 10 years ago, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I mean, I one of those things is true <laughs> that we met ten years. You ago. are an actor. The paid part, I don't know. <laughs> not, not the paid part so much. <laughs> not the paid um, part so much. But speaking of that, I'd say what I'm gay for is the WGA writer strike. Um, Hell yes. Yeah, I just think it's really. I mean, shitty that it had to come to this, but really cool to see all the solidarity from uh, from uh, the Writers Guild and the solidarity that. Uh, that actors and other creatives are starting to um, speak up for again. Um, I feel bad because, like, I have a complex about social media and and what I say versus I don't say, but I don't share too much. So, like, I I feel like I have so many writer friends and I feel like I haven't, like, talked enough about it. But, like, um, but, yeah, I I love um, unions (laughs) and I love people bargaining for their rights, especially right now when, like, um corporate reach and like digital media consumption is uh has gone unchecked for so long i'm finally glad that we're finally having this conversation about uh artists getting properly compensated um there was this great clip and this is this is a really consequential one too i mean like how the way this turns out will matter for a lot of other unions and a lot of other labor practices i think going forward just like 
will resonate across the entertainment industry as a whole. I watched this like really cool clip of Snoop Dogg talking about the WGA writer's strike, but also talking about how like um, music streaming for so long has not been great for artists. And he's like, why is it that like, it used to be that if I sold um, a million records, I'd get millions of dollars because uh, that's just how the industry worked. But now I get millions and millions of streams of my album and I get pennies. Um, So it's, I truly think it's a reckoning happening in the entertainment industry at large, and I'm glad that we're finally speaking up and making some noise and not just uh, bowing to our corporate overlords. Um, right. And what at the end of June, the Directors Guild contract expires, and then right SAG after, after that, the right? SAG, SAG yeah. Act after also expires. So we might have writers, directors, and actors all striking at the same time if none of these get resolved, because it seems like not a single studio wants to budge on a single request from any single side of yeah uh of the of the industry which is a shame because uh the directors and the artists and the writers and so many other people are the ones who are driving the prop it's not the people who are not the big buying ones. discovery plus or yeah. you know running removing or... removing queer shows from hbo max um still never got to finish season three of legendary which i'm pissed about Oh, but yeah, we'll see, um, we'll see what happens. There's also a lot, a lot writing on like AI implementation on this strike specifically. Too, they're asking for a lot of, you know, um, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm guidelines. For is like guidelines, guidelines. yeah, and just, like uh, uh, just rules on like how what are the what is the what is the implementation of AI in work, especially in writing, especially in entertainment based industries. What is that going to mean uh, for? You know, so many artists, like, I thought you, when you brought up Spotify, I thought you were going to talk about, like, AI music being made. Like, oh, yeah. people, like, taking, like, samples of, like, Kanye, what was, like, Kanye and someone else. Uh, yeah, there's a like, bunch of people, like, people taking, like, an AI, voice. like, got, like, millions of streams of a song on Spotify um, that was, like, using, like, Kanye's and some other artist's voice. And we're like, what? How? how stop that. Put up some guardrails. Jesus, that's not, yeah. stop that. It's spooky yeah, yeah, industry. It's spooky okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go unions. Uh, we stand in solidarity here at G for P. We are <laughs> stand in solidarity with uh the WGA, um, and um everyone fighting for their rights in the entertainment industry. Um, and video game fight for your right, vid- fight for and your video right game industry. Right. We hope more of y'all unionize and uh and get better deals too. Yeah, that's and that's actually yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot too because there's certainly many of the same issues that that plague the entertainment industry definitely are plaguing the video games game industry well. and that's a famously not unionized at all industry and yeah, barely there's even there's even more to be worried about when it comes to ai implementation in the creation of games um and the fact that there's like no unions to put up guardrails on that spooky yuki we'll see what happens i feel like this this and that's what i mean this this strike will affect a lot of other things and i think i think we might finally see some like headway being made on like game unionizing after like the these occur and yeah and it's a comes are from these yeah it seems like a groundswell moment momentous so. moment exciting yes. i love to see it i i mean love it's, it's it. unfortunate but i love to see it has to happen yeah for the better also i've been going back and re-watching episodes of conan o'brien from the writer strike in 2007 and 2008 like when the when that show had to run without writers and yeah. it's really interesting it's it's and, really fun i'm actually really entertained by it, but it is such a strange thing to watch a, show, a late night show with no writers for two months. Yeah. And this time around, they're just like, 
Let's just take them all off air. <laughs> well, they might come back. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, the the late night show shut down, and then they had to, like, work out a deal just so, like, their staffs wouldn't get laid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if this goes on for, like, two months, we'll probably see, like, Colbert come back yeah. in, in in some reduced way just to keep the lights on. Yeah. Which is wild. Or maybe they'll just cancel. Maybe they'll just cancel everything. And which, yes. actually, you know what? Just cancel. Just cancel it yeah. all. Just cancel everything. Start over. Yeah. Makes me worried for, like, shows I do care about, like, Star Wars Andor. Um, Andor, which is Tony. filming even though they don't have writers on set. It's filming, and Tony Gilroy just step, stepped away from, like, producing on set because he he had said at the beginning, he's like, I'm not doing any non-writing duties, but I'm going to stay here as producer for a sec, but then, like, was like, I'm stepping away from producing as well because I don't want to get involved in any murky gray area where I might accidentally write. Um, so it's tough. I hope... I I, I, I don't know. I, I just hope for the best. I hope so. I don't, I, I'm not smart enough. Especially to, stuff like Andor. Especially stuff that's filming. What it was like the new Lord of the Rings show was also running without. Did you like that? A writer and said, "No, that's the thing. I also didn't like that show." So, <laughs> so, so maybe no one was there. But. <laughs> yeah, just throw them in. <laughs> no. Anyways, um, yeah, that'll do for us, us this week. Bijou, thank you so so much for coming on. Um, again, tr- truly, I'm so glad that we've um gotten to know each other in the past few months and uh thank yeah. you so much for having me this was so much fun yes. not to blow smoke up your ass but like um no i don't know do. <laughs> i'm right. listening get the pipe well i mean i <laughs> eric and i were both born and raised in the central valley and i think like grow because we grew up here i think we kind of had this uh ladybird-esque notion of like oh, fuck this place fuck this town we're gonna get out of here there's nothing good going on here but it's people like you who remind me like oh no there's actually really fucking dope artists um in 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 here we shouldn't uh we shouldn't discount it just because it's not san francisco or la like uh like send cal strong yeah like you and you and all the eves at uh at paradise uh truly are doing some incredible drag and um thank you thank you i know um just for like drag stuff i feel like like you said like it always kind of gets overlooked right here so Mm -hmm. um I feel like the local drag, they're always kind of fighting for, look, we're here too, you know? Yeah. So it is, you know, it's, it's great. Local drag. girl is not a slur. Right. No, I mean, yeah. uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a local girl, but just don't be a local. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't act like a local. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Where can people find you if they want to see more of your stuff? Uh, you can find me all over the place. I am most active on Twitter, but that's like stream of consciousness, like spam nonsense um, at Bijou Bentley. Um, I post pretty stuff on Instagram at Bijou period Bentley because a fan account took Bijou Bentley all one word. No. <laughs> I know. Weird. And I, well, that's kind I, of an reached honor, out and I was like, I was like, do you have access to this still? No response. Damn. Um, uh, if you really want to see what I do on stage, I post most of my videos on a YouTube channel. Just search BJ Bentley. Um, if you're old and you use Facebook, I'm on Facebook. Uh, if you're horny, I'm on OnlyFans. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I have a merch Absolutely. shop if you are into beautiful t-shirts or if you need a cum rag. Um, yeah. Really? I'm can I buy a Bijou Bentley? You can absolutely buy a Bijou Bentley cum rag. Um, 
it's got my logo, but it's drippy. Ooh, so, love that. Yeah, yeah, very lovely. Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't towels. drippy when you bought it, but it just looks like that now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's not screen printing ink that they used to put that on. It's cum. And if you pay extra, I'll use it first. <laughs> yeah. So so buy it and then take it to the OnlyFans. Exactly. 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 You're a businesswoman. You you really know what you're doing. I try. <laughs> Slay. Uh, you know where you can find us. We are on Twitter and Instagram and places at Gay for Play Pod. You can email us at gayforplaypodcast at gmail.com and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash gayforplaypod. And also just message us for access to our Discord. Because also, if you didn't listen, if you didn't catch it on our Star Wars episode, we are doing our live show next yes. month with Super Dating Simulator at the Elmo Draft House. That's going to be on June 15th? Uh, we'll check the calendar. Wait, yes, see. it is yeah, June, June 15th. 15th. June 15th. Because it's the Thank same. You. I know because I have a show. That Thank week. you, Secretary. Ooh, fun. Madam Secretary, meet you Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, June 15th at the Alamo Draft House at 8 p.m. We're doing a collab show with Super Dating Sam. Lawrence is going to be there. We're going to be in the flesh. Yes. Uh, come check us out. Yeah. And if you are in the Central Valley, uh, come out to uh, Just Code Video Games next Thursday, the 18th, right? Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. And it's <laughs> um, those shows are, is it always like the third Thursday of every month? Yes, dress code's always the third Thursday. If you're ever here and you just want to see a a non-dress code show, uh, we're at that show. We're at Eve's of Paradise every Thursday. Yeah, and you, I I mentioned it um, in between uh, in between our recordings, but you're such a hardworking girl. Like you're truly doing so many gigs a week. uh, So, if y'all are ever in uh, Sacramento or Central Valley, um, go go to a BJ Bentley show and get your life. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You absolutely should. I need as many people in the audience as yeah, possible. Yeah, and come armed with tips, please. <laughs> come armed with cum rags. <laughs> tips and cum rags. and cash. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't have money for me, send money to these faggots and subscribe to the Patreon. Period. That's right. I'm on Venmo <laughs> at Eric of the Sun. No underscores between those words, actually. That's one of the few places there are no yeah. underscores. I think my Venmo, Venmo's Eric of the Sun. My Venmo's Lawrence Turner. I think I don't know. It doesn't have Cordova in it because um, that was pre me making that my stage name. Alas, where places stage name? <laughs> what is a Whatever. podcast if not a stage? If not a stage for your ears? <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much again, Bijou. This has been an absolute blast. My and pleasure. Listener, thank you for We'll catch me. you next time. Ooh. Have fun playing Zelda. I'm sure you're probably playing this uh, or as listening listen to, to this right as now. Zelda is is, is out. Well, and available. I hope people binge this show listening listening to the show while they're yeah. binging Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh, watch out! There's a there's a Bokoblin right next to you. Next to you, Diva. Don't get don't girl. watch out. Are you playing as Zelda right now? Probably we'll not. <laughs> probably not. But we'll soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our music is by Connor Marsh and our show art is by Benny Kessler. Remember to check the description for links to our social media, Patreon, and more. And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and now you better get out of here before I read you for fall. Red. 
Red you for fall. I will... Girl, I will red you for fall. 